it is only the water that spilled. The bowl is not broken. This is a beautiful proverb that I think talks about the importance of hope. It is, and it's for Mauritania, which is our feature country today. As an aside, we want to mention that you can buy us coffee on our website or our blog. So check that out. And you'll also be on Instagram. So you can follow the link and buy us cups of coffee. And touching back on that proverb, it is quite lovely. Mm -hmm. The first time I read that proverb, I imagined maybe slaving for a couple of hours and making this delicious meal or something. Mm -hmm. And then it all just spills. Mm -hmm. You can imagine how frustrating and everything that can be. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, at least you have a bowl. Your bowl is still there. You can pick yourself up. You can make another dish. You can do what you need to do. But the main core, the foundation, Mm -hmm. the that holds everything together is still there Mm -hmm. so i think this proverb is very important especially as the world is going through a very interesting phase that the water may be spilled it may seem like everything is bubbling out of the surface it seems like things are falling out of the bowl left right and center but guess what you're still here Mm -hmm. your bowl is not broken your person is not broken you are not broken this proverb really really spoke to me Mm. When it talks about it's the water that's spilled, the bowl is not broken. Depending on where you live, traditionally, if you were carrying water from like a river, from or like a river, and you had to go and fetch some and water, fetch, yeah, yeah, and the water spilled, but the bowl that you need to carry the water is not broken. And I mean, if the water spills, you can just go back and get some more right? after like, you've mourned. After, of course, <laughs> you mourn. Like, but the main point is that if if it's not broken, you can just fill it up. You have hope you can start again. Yeah. I, honestly, I remember reading this proverb and just sitting down and just reflecting for a really long time. On life. Yeah. You are the bull. No matter what you, you are. are the bull. You're, you're, the not, bull. Broken. you're not broken. You're not broken. As long as there's still life, there's still hope. As exactly. long as you're still, you're still, you, your spirit is still in your container. There's still hope for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that was deep. It was deep. I honestly, like, I really, I, I really love this proverb. When I read it, I was like, this is one of those things. I think is worth writing on a mirror, to be honest. That's yeah, that's a good point. Okay. You are the bull and you are not broken. Yeah. Alrighty, let's uh shake it off a little I, bit. Yeah, move away <laughs> from this heavy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Couscous lovers, where are you? Couscous mm-hmm. lovers gather here because our dish is a couscous dish called Ungomu from mm-hmm. Mauritania. If you've listened to our Jollof special, it's made in a similar way to Chebudian, but without the tomato sauce. Yeah, I see your face without the tomato sauce. It's actually the same process. Does it include the fish thing? It does not. Can we oh. let that go? It does I not. I will. <laughs> I just, you know, I didn't smell it there. So oh. I needed to be like, yeah. maybe I had it cold that day. No, it's still Looks in my freezer. Okay. I still have more. Um, <laughs> so Chebujen, I was thinking that this might be why it's similar. Because Chebujen is also a big deal in Mauritania. It's actually, I think, one of their official national dishes. Oh, really? Yeah, even though it started in Senegal. So it didn't really surprise me too much that it was made that way now mauritania's official name is the islamic republic of mauritania mauritania is on the northwest of africa and it shares its borders with mali algeria senegal the atlantic ocean and the western sahara the capital city is nuakchet n-o-u-a-k-c-h-o-t-t okay the official language is arabic but french is also spoken since mauritania is a former french colony wolof Fula and Sininke are indigenous languages that are recognized as national languages. 
Mauritanian cuisine is a mix of indigenous Arabic and French cuisine. Because of its closeness to Morocco in the north and its closeness to Senegal in the south, you can find Senegalese and Moroccan influence in the food as well. So, for instance, if you're familiar with Moroccan cuisine, you may know of harira, which is a tomato soup made with lentils. They also have that in Mauritania. We've also mentioned chebodian, which came from Senegal, but in fact cannot be considered as a national dish of Mauritania. So there you go. Apart from that, you can find yassa, which we talked about in Mali and is also from Senegal. It is marinated fish or chicken that's made with mustard and lots of onions. You can find bonava, a lamb and potato stew. Um, there's also a specialty roast lamb called mechi. And again, you can find peanut sauce called mafe. Actually, I don't think we've talked about a country in Western or Central Africa and not mentioned peanut sauce. I was, I was thinking the same thing, actually. I feel like every time we talk, we're like, yeah, this country makes peanut sauce. This country makes peanut sauce. But we do also mention that this country makes chicken. So, But everybody makes chicken. Yeah, but we mentioned it like all the other episodes. We're oh, like, yeah? They make chicken, they make peanut okay, sauce. Okay, guys, a lot, almost all <laughs> African countries eat chicken. <laughs> anyway, now couscous is a pretty big deal in North Africa or in the Maghreb. In Mauritania also, couscous is made in different ways. Sometimes it is steamed with raisins and spices. You can eat it as an accompaniment to a stew or a sauce. The thing is that different countries have different grades of couscous. So if you maybe go into a store and find couscous in a box that's dried, you might find it's like a small yellow, um, I guess, grain, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word. The ones you find in Mauritania are larger than that. They are darker. I think they're made from like, a different part of wheat or something like that, and it's called mabroom. So the traditional way to make couscous, at least in Mauritania, is to steam it in something called a couscousier. Mm-hmm. So a couscousier, based on what I saw, is basically like almost like two pots stacked on top of each other, but the one on top has um, perforation, so like holes so like in the base. like a steamer. Like a steamer, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then you put the couscous on top of that one with the holes, and then the bottom one has water, and then you boil that, and so the steam cooks the couscous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We did not do that. I'm sorry. Yeah, we, we did not do that. <laughs> so now to make ngomo, you're going to need some lamb. It's one of those dishes you can use different things, but traditionally it's made with lamb. So you have your lamb, you have your couscous seeds. I didn't have any ngom, um, any uh, mabroom, so the traditional Mauritanian couscous. I tried to be as authentic as possible. I went into the African store and tried to find one that specifically said Mauritanian couscous. Mm-hmm. That did not work. Mabroom did not work. There was something that was from Senegal and I thought it looked like couscous, but I wasn't sure. So I was like, let me just stick with the one that actually says couscous. And there was one that said Nigerian couscous. I don't know what that means. So I picked that up. So you need your lamb. Your lamb should be seasoned already. You need the couscous, onions, garlic, pepper to your taste. I use ground pepper and fresh pepper. Um, And then you need a little bit of Molokia powder, which is um, dried blended jute leaves. And we'd actually talked about that a little bit. Now, here's the thing. I didn't see that in every single recipe. So some people choose to add that. I'm not really sure what the point is. And some people choose not to. Yeah, maybe more like a garnish or something. Um, no. So in the way, the, the second recipe that I saw, which I didn't use, what they did was that they prepared the couscous separately in a more elaborate way. They added some spices. They added raisins. And one of those spices was the malachia. So they basically tossed those spices into the couscous first. Mm. Oh, okay. I think I was like, well, I wasn't sure. Let's just go with the most basic possible option. Okay. And then you need some some vegetables cut into large chunks. That was why I kind of said it made me think of chipotien. In my case, I used cabbage, carrots, and zucchini just chopped into large chunks. 
So what you need to do, if you're using traditional couscous, like cooking in the traditional way, and you're using traditional ngomu seeds, which is the Mauritanian couscous, you want to steam it in the couscous here because it'll take longer to cook. Mm-hmm. Since we didn't do that, and from my experience, couscous doesn't take a long time to cook. I didn't yeah. do All I did was wash it. So I seasoned the lamb as I wanted with some garlic powder, Cameroon pepper, white pepper, black pepper. I like pepper. Onion powder. Mm-hmm. When I seasoned it, I used a lot because the concept of making this is you make a sauce with the lamb. Mm-hmm. You add a little bit of water mm-hmm. and then you add the couscous. Okay. And the couscous cooks in the sauce. Okay. Right? So for that to happen, imagine a situation where you're making your jello fries. You want your stew to be very, like, as, as spicy as it's going to be. Because once you add the rice and mix it, it absorb. it's a done deal. Yep. There's, it's, it doesn't, you can still add spices after, but it doesn't enter in as properly as it should. Yep. So I went out of my way to make sure my lamb was overspiced. Because I knew I was going to add a lot of water and mm-hmm. then put the couscous in. So I did that. So once you've done that, you add some sliced onions or leeks and brown your lamb. And then you add fresh garlic and peppers that have been chopped. Mm -hmm. In the last couple of weeks, I've had some very big struggle with finding small hot peppers. Habaneros, scotch bonnet. It was difficult when I was making this. And all I had was jalapeno. So I chopped that and improvised and used jalapeno. But Mm -hmm. feel free to use pepper as you need. So once you've sauteed all of this and added all of the peppers and all of that stuff, you then add your water. The whole point is to cook the lamb until it's done. Lamb is typically a tougher cut of meat. So you're looking at upwards of 40 minutes. But what you can do is while the lamb is being cooked, the next thing you do is you add your vegetables into the sauce as well. Obviously, they've been washed and cleaned and all of that. Mm-hmm. Once the vegetables are done, which is very similar to chebadien, you take them out and keep them separately. Mm-hmm. And then when the lamb is done, you take that out mm-hmm. as well, add it to the sauce on the side. Mm-hmm. And then you toss in your couscous, which should have been washed or rinsed, and then allow the couscous to cook in it. Honestly, I know that you said how similar they are to Chibadin. It sounds like a lot of the same work. <laughs> yes. Chibadin, I remember you said it was so elaborate to cook. This sounds so elaborate. I'm like, wait, isn't all couscous we're making? But okay. <laughs> no, I think this is actually faster than Chibadin. Yeah. Um, it's just it has same- to be. It's couscous. If it was. <laughs> so okay. basically, what you're, let me just outline the process. You saute your meat that's been seasoned. You make a little sauce. You add water. And then you add chopped vegetables. When the vegetables are cooked, because they should cook faster than the lamb, you move them. Then the lamb is cooked, you remove the lamb, mm-hmm. and then you add the couscous and allow the couscous to cook. Okay. Question. Mm-hmm. If you do that and you have your sauce, so that means when you're making the couscous traditionally, then the sauce have to be the one to steam, because I don't think the flavor is going to go through the steam. Um, From what I saw, they actually steam it separately. Okay, you but, st- or you steam separately and stir it in. Yeah, and then okay. you'll cook some more. But keep in mind that that is a traditional Mauritanian couscous, which is darker and probably harder. Okay. That's why when I made the couscous, I skipped that steaming step altogether. Okay. So I cooked it from raw in the sauce. Yeah, because now let's um, make that clear for our listeners as well. Mm, okay. And maybe this is what I should have done. When you're removing, feel free to take out some of the sauce with the vegetables and the meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah take some out and then you can now add your couscous Mm -hmm. because actually even though i I liked it i I kind of felt that i would have added a little less couscous Mm -hmm. so there would be more of the water flavor to go in and then i could serve more of the sauce on top of it okay yeah so once you've done that you serve it on a plate and you top it with sauces vegetables and meat and you're good to go yeah when it's done honestly imagine chebudin without the fish because fish is the worst but (laughs) <laughs> imagine chebuden and i say that because i'm going to essentially be describing what some people might listen to and think 
Hold on, isn't that chebudan? <laughs> but no. Is think of couscous, which would be like broken rice. On top of that, you have your cabbage that kind of looks like steamed cabbage. So if you can think of the dish we had from Liberia. On top of that, you have your lamb and you also have your steamed carrots and your zucchini. And then imagine a sprinkling of spices. Obviously, the spices are cooked in, but just for a visual representation, just imagine a sprinkling of spices on it. And there, my dears. You have your dish. Come on. <laughs> okay. That was funny. <laughs> so it's basically meat and vegetables on top of couscous. Pretty much. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I liked it. Um, and the reason I mentioned Liberia in my description is because mm-hmm. it reminded me of the Liberian cabbage that I really liked. <laughs> there is something I've learned about myself in this process that I really love light feeling meals right so before i would be like oh i like things that are more like heavier and stuff but going through liberia going through the dish that i preferred for a jollof special going through some of the other dishes we've made i find that i really really enjoy flavors that feels like they're minty but is all also light and fluffy in terms of taste it is exactly as i described it was very it almost felt like it cleared my nostrils, but not in the spicy way that would burn like hell. Mm-hmm. Just It just seemed like a very light, not quite minty, but very flavorful meal. And I can't mm. quite put my finger on what the flavor would have been that would have stood out. It's something you can have easily for dinner without necessarily feeling like you have to pass out like right after. And I did like the vegetables. Vegetables were delicious. Good mm-hmm. job, Ichima. Thank you. For me, I'm wondering if the thing that you couldn't put your hands on, as you were thinking about it, I was thinking that I may have used a little bit of aniseed on the lamb. That could be it. Yeah, that licorice flavor. Mm -hmm. So um, I I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed it, to be honest. And um, I am going to credit myself with that because the sauce was amazing. Good Lord. Anyway. Take back my thank you. Take my my accolades. I'm, I'm done with you. The sauce was fantastic guys i mean like i, I was shocked by Very myself good. i fried the, the lamb tasted the sauce like oh my god i shock myself every time but anyway like i said before i tend to like my rice and all of that stuff with a lot of sauce i'm one of those people that have I'm trust one of issues. those that don't like it with Jello a lot fries. of sauce i don't like it with a lot of sauce oh, i, I like, like sauce. it when the sauce is not as much mm-hmm. like which is why I remember when, I can't remember which is true. I think it was one of the jello fries dishes where you were complaining that you hadn't had enough sauce. And I was mm. like, no, it was perfect. It was a Liberian <laughs> one. I remember. It was a Liberian one, I think, that you mm. liked. Yeah. And the funny thing is, because vegetables absorb a lot of water, what I was looking for in the couscous, I found in the vegetable. That mm. juiciness and the flavor of the sauce really got into the vegetables. And I liked that. I liked the lamb, the way it was seasoned. But of course, that was all me. Um, the cabbage was also really... <laughs> I tried to say that with a straight face, but I, I saw feel, Yemi's reaction. I feel like this I'm the one. I'm the one that created Ngomu. She's not being very humble. Mauritania, I humility. created Ngomu. I'm the one. Humility is a beautiful <laughs> thing. You understand? I created this dish. But anyway, no, on a more serious note, it, it was really nice. The one thing I didn't like, it wasn't because of the dish itself. It was because of the choice I made. Unless I'm not very familiar with how couscous tastes, because I haven't eaten it often. But I, the, I found the couscous itself without being cooked just the brand that i got there was something about the flavor that really irked me it was mm. a smell i didn't like and i'm selling yummy it reminded me of something called indomie it's a kind of noodle fried egg noodle. Oh, is that what it is fried egg yeah, noodle? pretty much yeah. oh i think it's a brand that's outside of nigeria too but we get a different 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The smell of what the raw one would be like is mm-hmm. what I got from that couscous. So that kind of spoiled it for me. But apart from that, no, I, I love this dish. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that we talk about, which Yemi has already mentioned, is their whole concept of cutting the vegetable, putting it in the sauce, bringing it out, putting that that one makes me tired. But yeah, apart from that, no, this is a great dish. Honestly, I think we're both made for like luxurious life. I feel like we can. Oh, both. this is not this is not where I'm cook. supposed to be. I know that I am made for the luxury. It's coming. Don't you worry. It meant that all I need to do is make a time capsule and go back to like 2014 and buy a whole bunch of Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, take me with you. Then, uh, yeah, I'd be living life. I would know your name. Damn. I've stopped, I've stopped <laughs> listening to news on Bitcoin because I'll just be sad. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's keep our uh, discussions with food Bikunu. Okay. Anyway, this, our Bitcoin discussion, which <laughs> took a beautiful left <laughs> turn, brings us to the end of yet another episode. Remember, you can buy us virtual cups of coffee and by that way, support us by clicking the link at the bottom of our post or in our link in our bio in any of our social media pages. We hope you have a wonderful week and we will see you, albeit virtually, again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening. While the podcast airs every two weeks, we have a backlog of episodes just waiting for you to enjoy. The show is a collaboration between Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. African My Kitchen is produced by Tunuka Media and co-hosted with 234 Pantry. So while on Instagram, visit both Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. With Tunuka Media, you'll find out about more shows produced which aren't necessarily food-related, while on 234 Pantry, you will get more food-related content. For example, Tunuka Media also produces another show called Overlooked, which I host. All the links with the relevant information to connect with us are located in the show notes. Like, subscribe, and share within your community. We'd also really love for you to give the show a high rating wherever you enjoy your podcasts.